Hey there, this is Danny Sunshine Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools, and the School Leadership Series, a proud member of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to right now. The opinions expressed are those of the individual hosts. Make sure you check out all the other great podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com and get ready because the learning begins in three, two, one. I knew deep down that, you know, teaching mitosis to seventh graders, it wasn't my passion. Working with educational technology to making make learning better was happened to be my passion. Um, and when I followed that, my my job changed from being work to being something I looked forward to. Hey, Burned In Teachers, and welcome to the Burned In Teacher podcast, one part burnout and all other parts action, inspiration, and support for teachers dealing with burnout. This is episode 19, and the theme this month is EdTech is Burning Me Out, and you just heard Chris Young talk a little bit about how when he knew he had found his passion and he had the opportunity to share that passion with people, he no longer felt like he was at work. I don't know about you, but that sounds like a pretty sweet deal. Chris Young graduated from Indiana University as well as Indiana Wesleyan. He is a level two Google certified educator, Google certified trainer, and innovator, and has a certificate in technology leadership from CIESC. As a leader in educational technology, Chris was chosen by the DOE to design STEM curriculum for the Indiana Migrant Education Program. He is noted for his high-ish energy and engaging presentation styles as demonstrated by winning Future Ready Schools and Google Apps for Education Summit Demo Slams. I'm so excited for you to hear this interview for a couple of reasons. Number one, Chris is hilarious and he's an excellent presenter. Another reason is, is he's got a great story. You know, he shares in this interview how he knew that he needed a change, but it felt like it took forever. But once he had the opportunity to shine and show what he'd learned about ed tech. He feels like he doesn't have to go to work every day. He loves his job. He loves educational technology and he loves kids. So if you're ready to find your passion and your power song, as Chris calls it, then you're in the right place. Let's get this interview started. Hey, hey, BITs. Before we dive into the interview today, I have a favor to ask. Would you please leave a rating and review for this podcast? Ratings and reviews help other burned out educators to find this podcast and to get inspired to burn in. So please take a second to park your car, go into iTunes and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for taking the time to help other educators find the Burden and Teacher Podcast. Welcome to the Burned In Teacher Podcast. I'm Amber Harper, and the educators on this podcast are brave enough to share their stories of burnout with the world. On BIT, we get real, we get honest, and we take action. Action against the burnout with stories from burned out teachers, advice from experts, and actionable steps you can take today to beat the burnout and become a happier, more fulfilled human being. Let's get started. Chris, I'm so, so excited to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. So quick background on Chris Young and I. Uh, we actually met virtually first. Is that correct? Or did? Yes, we did. We met virtually first 
when we were both accepted into the uh, the Google Innovator Academy or cohort for Washington, D.C. in the summer of 2017. So uh, we met at the airport with our friend, Eddie Small. We'll give him a quick shout out. Hey, Eddie. And, uh, <laughs> and from then on, it's just the rest has just been amazing history. And we've continued to kind of, you know, chat back and forth about educational technology and Google. And he's got a really great story to share. So Chris, again, thank you so much for joining us. And tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your teaching journey. Yeah, well, thanks again for having me. And uh, this can be a story for later, but I feel like after flying on a plane with you, uh, we instantly <laughs> became closer. So um, it's very but, true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a terrible my, flyer. My educational journey. Um, you know, I was a kid that sort of never knew what he wanted to do when he grew up. Um, and I went to college and changed majors and changed majors and changed majors. I thought I was going to get into healthcare. My mom was a nurse. Um, started volunteering at hospitals and different things and realized I did not enjoy that job. Um, at the same time, um, I grew up my entire life playing sports. And so I was coaching um, at a local high school in Bloomington and I loved that job. And so um, it was basically second semester of my junior year that it was like, I've got this job at the hospital that I hate and I've got this job working with kids that I love. Um, and I've always kind of been a big, a big kid. Um, so like, um, to, to be involved with kids, um, it, it seemed natural. So anyways, I made that switch. Um, but deep down, like when I got, you know, sort of into the career, like I would be around all these teachers that would just blow me away. Like their life's calling was to be a teacher and their dedication. And, uh, I enjoyed my job. I think by all accounts, I was pretty good at my job, but deep down, like I always felt guilty, um, because it was like, you know, it was just something I did, you know, but it, it wasn't like this passion that I felt that I saw in others and that I felt guilty for not having, um, several years into, you know, I'd been teaching for about six years and our school came to us and said, Hey, you know, like, uh, next year we're getting rid of the textbooks and we're going to try it in science and we're getting, we're getting devices. We're going to one-to-one. -one. And I like, it kind of came out of the blue, but I was like, yeah, my first response was like, yes. And all my, not all my call, but there were other people that were not as excited and I, and I didn't get that. Um, and it was just different. Um, and, and it was kind of at that point that I realized, um, you know, once I started working with, with technology, like how that was transforming my classroom and how excited I could make students, um, you know, and, and to kind of date how long this Kahoot had just come out. Mm -hmm. Um, and we were doing Kahoot in my classroom and like kids look forward to coming to my class cause we play Kahoot. Um, <laughs> and you know, to, to see how excited students would get, um, when I was leveraging technology as a tool, um, that honestly became my, 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 uh, passion, you know? And so it was several years into my teaching career, um, <laughs> that I, I finally found what I wanted to do when I grow up. And that was to work with educational technology for students. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so tell us a, a little bit more detail about what it is that you taught and, kind of help us to understand then what it is that you do now. So I taught, um, well, my first year of teaching, I was a high school uh, biology teacher. I actually taught in Kentucky. Um, and then we moved to come, come back closer to my wife and I's hometown. Um, and I took a middle school science job. So I taught sixth and seventh grade science for um, 11 years. 
11 years, I believe. Um, and then from there, um, I now basically do technology integration. Um, I work with teachers um, kind of as an instructional coach to, to enhance learning uh, with the use of technology. And I've been in that role for three years. Awesome. So what did that look like, that transition from teaching to coaching? Was that something that you really sought out? Or is it something that was offered to you through, you know, just your excitement about educational technology and how you used it in your classroom? What did that yeah, transition so, look like? Uh, it was long. Um, <laughs> it, it felt long. It, it wasn't really. But um, once I knew that that was sort of my passion, um, I kind of, I would eat, sleep, and breathe educational technology. And, I, you know, I, I would dedicate so much time to just tr trying to find, like, ways to, to not only make students excited to make, but also to make other educators excited to, to provide those experiences for students. Um, I try a role opened up in my district and I was passed upon the first time, which was frustrating. Um, but I understand why um, I applied in other districts and it's, it's really hard. The one thing, like if, if other people are listening or trying want to forge that path, it is difficult to um, go to a different district and find that role because every district probably has some rock star teachers that are doing awesome things with technology that they see on a regular basis. So um, the one advice I would give is to, you know, create content and put yourself out there um, so other people can kind of see the awesome things that you do. do. Um, because I was doing awesome things in my classroom um, but it was in my own little bubble mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I wasn't sharing out. And so, you know, I would apply at different places and I would have good ideas, but they never saw it. Um, and so that's the one thing um, that if you're, you are looking into that role is like share your awesome. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so you and I have that in common, Chris, because when I was knowing that I needed a change in my career and I was really, really excited about educational technology. I'd gone through um, the Google Certified Educator uh, level one and level two. I was ready to do trainer and I knew that I wanted to take those skills to the next level for me. And I applied. Um, I really wanted to stay within my school district, uh, but they already have some really high level, amazing ed tech coaches and uh, they didn't have the need for anybody. So it wasn't like a, a no, we don't want you to do this. It was, we would love you to, but we just don't have the positions open. So I totally respected that. And I let my principal know that because of that, that I was going to be applying for tech coach positions somewhere else. But just like you said, there are rock star teachers all over, not just the state of Indiana, but all over the country. And I can't blame them for not giving me a second look. I applied for about 10 positions um, in our local area and a little bit beyond. And I was never contacted for an interview. I even called and checked in. And I know that that was not personal, that it didn't have to do with me. It had to do because it had to do with the fact that they had amazing teachers doing great things that they could see right there in front of them. And they were pulling them into those positions. So that's one thing that that's one connection that I have with you. And also that's what put me into the place that I am now because I knew I needed that change and I couldn't wait for it. So I decided, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and step out on my own and, <laughs> and, and do these things for multiple schools. And it's turned out okay. But let's talk a little bit about you 
outside of school because outside of your technology integration specialist position, you do a lot of work with schools and teachers outside of your day-to-day coaching at your school. So will you tell us a little bit about the other things that you're involved in? I am involved in a lot. Um, I am a part of a a group called EdTech Heroes, which is a bunch of just really talented educators um, from around the state that, you know, we kind of say that we love to uh, share how we love to teach so that hopefully your students love to learn. Um, And that's kind of sort of our mantra. Um, I'm also involved in a podcast called the 411 where we just, we, we talk um, ed tech, but we also talk, um, you know, pop culture and play fun games and try to make it a little bit lighter um, because teaching is hard and we, we try to honor that by making, but by there being still some learning, but also some, some fun. Um, I present all the time. I, I talked earlier about sharing your awesome. Um, that was sort of the, the single biggest thing um, that, you can that I did that I think others can do to be to be noticed um, is is sharing your awesome and and I did that uh, through presenting, um, and so I've done everything from be a spotlight speaker to to keynote conferences and so um, I, I've keynoted individually I've keynoted I work with someone named uh, Marcus Painter EdTech at EdTech Marcus check him out um, we do a thing called teach like a student which is a lot of fun um, but yeah so if you're at a conference and you see me come say hi I will tell you if you go to one of Chris Young's sessions you will either have to get there early or sit on the floor because you always pack the room because the way you present the way that you uh, highlight the uses of educational technology. You are an extremely engaging presenter and speaker as well. I've, I've been lucky enough. Okay, so let's go way back. I attended one of your sessions on, I didn't know you could do that. And you not only gave me practical tips and tricks of ways that I can use educational technology with my students because I was a teacher at that time, but you were also hilarious and showed us a lot of funny pranks that we could uh, play on other teachers and our administrators and <laughs> people that we work with. Again, I, I can tell you that when he says that he, t- he tries to keep it lighthearted because teaching is so hard that we need some laughter in our life, he is, he is definitely telling the truth. And your keynotes as well are extremely – you're not just talking at the audience. You are – at this is one of the few presentations or few keynotes where you walk away saying, oh my gosh, I am leaving with three tools that I can use with my kids tomorrow. So thank you so much for recognizing the need for that engagement and for actual tools that we can use in our classrooms. That was incredibly nice and thank you. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. It's so true. Today's episode is brought to you by Google University. Five months, five Googly guided courses. If you want to learn how to use Google tools in your classroom, but can't find the time to learn or a substitute to cover your class for a full day of PD, then this professional learning opportunity is for you. This guided course option offers a weekly one-hour Zoom conference call with time for direct instruction of how to use a new Google tool, examples of teacher and student's use, and time for questions. Each week, you'll have time to practice either on your own or with your students, and then report back the following week with successes or learning opportunities that you had. 
Each course is taught within Google Classroom, where you'll find all of your slideshows, templates, and community to support you on your Googly journey. For more information, go to burnedinteacher.com slash Google University or Region 8's Education Service Center web address at r8esc.k12.in.us. You don't have to register for all of the courses or live in Indiana to participate, but each course does build on the one before it. So go to burnedinteacher.com slash Google University or r8esc.k12.in.us to learn more or register today. Courses for winter and spring of 2019 have already begun, so don't wait. Let me help you to burn on and get googly. So in those years, those 11 years that you that you taught in the classroom, um, and then you made that transition to a, a technology coach or an integration specialist, as your school corporation calls it, did you ever go through a period of burnout at all? Absolutely. Um... You know, and and I think I mentioned earlier that like I I felt guilty um, because I saw what other teachers were doing um, and how dedicated they they were and the time they spent and um, deep down like I didn't have that in me and I felt really guilty. I mean, it's even still hard for me right now to like somewhat admit that you know, mm-hmm. um, but but that's absolutely uh, what that is. There were absolutely, and I think. I don't know. I can't speak for every teacher, but I mean, there were certainly times where you question like, what am I doing? And is all of this worth it? Um, and so, you know, I, I think the difference between some teachers is how often that thought comes into your mind. But, but I feel like it, in every teacher's career, probably multiple times that thought enters your, your head. And yeah, I mean, I think uh, burnout is real and it is a, a problem. And I think that it is incredible that you're tackling it because I, I know that a lot of teachers struggle with it and probably have a hard time voicing it. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. And it is so true. And like I said before, too, teachers are not the only professionals who go through burnout. And it really essentially comes from, again, those feelings of guilt, feeling like you're not doing enough, like you can always do more, but you're already doing so, so, so much. So it sounds like that's the time. It almost sounds like that classic burnout that you were going through. Um, I don't know if you felt, you know, that frustration, that angst towards your profession or not, but what is it that you did to start tackling it? And do you remember about what year that it was that you or one of, because we've also talked on the show about how you can go through seasons of burnout and that doesn't mean that, okay, I've gone through burnout. It's never going to happen again. (laughs) So, uh, can you, can you tell me a a time where you've, where you really did feel that burnout and the steps that you took to climb out of it? For me, I mean, and I I think this is too, probably a classic example, but like, you know, looking at the calendar and trying to figure out where my next reprieve is, you know, um, that is something that I would certainly do. The nice thing, even though, you know, it's not like it's totally free time during those breaks, but you, you do get some, some time as a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I would, I would definitely cherish, cherish that. And, um, you know, but, but the biggest thing is for me, it was just following my passion. Um, I knew deep down that, you know, teaching mitosis 
to seventh graders, it wasn't my passion. Working with educational technology to making make learning better was happened to be my passion. Um, and when I followed that, my my job changed from being work to being something I looked forward to. You know, like mm-hmm. um, <laughs> talking about burnout. Like you know, I, I enjoy football, and it was like this weird, like oxymoronic feeling because I loved Sundays. <laughs> to watch NFL football. But then like during Sunday night football, I would be like, oh, I have to go into school tomorrow. You know, like, mm-hmm. and it was like, but at yeah. the same time I was dreading what tomorrow was going to bring. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, that's not fair to students, you know, to, to absolutely to feel that. And so, you know, and then that just kind of brings back that guilt feeling. And it's just this like cycle that, that really is hard to get out of. It is extremely hard and it's, it's literally hard to get out of bed. So not just like get out of that feeling, but like get out of bed and face the day when you're, when you're feeling that way. And I also want to highlight something else that you said too, because I said this out loud and in my head all the time when I was really struggling with whether or not I was going to come back to the classroom this coming school year was my students deserve better than this person that they are getting. And to say that out loud And to feel that all the time, that only added to my desire to do better for myself and for my students and for my future career. Because ultimately, yes, it does come down to the students, but it also comes down to our feeling about our life. I mean, this is 40 plus hours of our life and definitely accent on the plus because it takes a lot of time to be a really good teacher. And I know you know that too, Chris, but it ultimately comes down to, again, I love that you're really putting a lot of focus on your passion. If your passion is not teaching first graders anymore, that doesn't mean that you're, that you don't have any other choices to work in education, be inspiring and engaging to others. So tell me a little bit, this is probably our last question, but tell me a little bit about what you do on a daily basis and what are your favorite parts of your current career? Okay. What, what I do on a daily basis, it varies. Um, like going in the classroom and doing uh, a goose chase activity, uh, with a group of second graders and these missions where they're, um, adding and subtracting two digit numbers and comparing and contrasting the life cycles of plants and animals and, um, you know, to, to sort of model that for teachers. So I certainly do that. Um, I work with teachers and planning. Um, I meet with admin teams to talk about initiatives and goals um, to carry out kind of the things that they, they want to do. Um, what I love about my current role is that like every day is different. Um, and something that's very, very different that took getting used to Like in my, in the classroom, you had to plan for your day, meaning like what was going to happen tomorrow. Um, you had to like make this plan and carry out like in my current role, my day sort of comes to me. I'm blessed to be in a, a role where I'm valued and, um, I can sort of impact learning in our district in a, in a big way. And so that's one neat thing about my current role is, you know, I was limited to the, you know, whether you're teaching 30 kids or you have a schedule and you have 120, but I was limited to those kids that I was assigned and, you know, I can affect my entire district in my current role, which is, which is awesome. That is awesome. And I'm sure that you are so inspiring to the teachers that are so lucky to work with you, Chris. So, I have a question too about how you fit it all in. How 
do you go from your full day at school into presenting and doing the vodcast? Tell us a little bit about that too, because that is on a different type of platform that some people may not know or understand. So how do you balance all of this with your being a dad and being a husband and um, you know, having this full-time job plus all of this other great stuff that you do? Um, it's so it's hard, but it's not hard. And, you know, passion is a word I've talked about, um, in this podcast, when you follow your passion, um, you know, it, it would be no different than me. You know, like if I were scrolling, scrolling through my social media feed, you know, the, the time, you know, I would spend doing that instead I'm looking through at Twitter, you know, and trying to kind of discover new things that way. So, um, sort of that, free time, you know, and don't get me wrong. I still, you know, I, I love fantasy football and I still have recreation, but some of that just kind of mindless time I'm dedicating toward my passion. And, uh, like I said, it, it doesn't seem like a chore. It's something I truly enjoy doing. Yeah, I agree. And whenever you're pursuing your passions, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like work. I can tell you that from experience. Chris, I want to give you a scenario. You are in the role that you're in, and a teacher that works with you tells you, Chris, I feel like I can trust you. I'm really, really struggling with my job as a teacher. What would you What would you tell them? What would be your advice for them? And I love that you asked this question because I kind of wanted to, to get this in. You know, switching roles is not something that you can just do, you know, and, and it's being burned in teacher, you know, so like tips for the actual teacher. The first thing I would say is take it one day at a time, um, you know, and from whether it's looking at the calendar or whatever you need to do. Um, I, I was writing a, a blog post and, you know, it, with running, Nike Plus has the thing, it's called a power song. And you basically identify the one thing, you know, so when the running's hard, you hit the power song button and it plays the one song that really gets you jazzed and you can basically break through that wall. And so I think it's, it's important for the teacher to kind of identify their, their sort of education power song. So, um, you know, maybe it's a bottle of wine with friends, maybe it's a pedicure. May, I don't know, uh, but identify what it is that you can do to reward yourself for getting through a tough day. And when you have that tough day, you know, hit that power song button to sort of give yourself a refresh. That that's the one thing I would kind of suggest um, is to sort of put yourself first. You know, the grading can wait another day. Like, you know, it'll still be there when you come back, and um, you know, just put yourself first. I love that answer. And that reminds me of, uh, I believe it was episode 11 with Gretchen Bridgers. We talked about tiny band-aids. So that power song that you're talking about, that, you know, that analogy of find your power song, find something to spoil yourself or go do that extra relaxation activity um, whenever times are the toughest and practicing that self-care. I know that's a big buzzword right now, but it's so true because you cannot pour from an empty cup. So when you take that time to to relax or go out with your friends and and talk about things that make you laugh, you know, that that get a smile on your face. Uh, and, and from experience, I am telling you that power song can really pull you through when the times are tough because they will be. You're going to go through um, some roller coaster moments and some highs and lows. It's just part of life. 
but always coming back and knowing that you have these people in your life that want to spend time with you and spoil you and um, using those that example of tiny band-aids. Uh, I know Gretchen suggested having your favorite pop at school or, you know, your favorite um, candy bar or snack, you know, just to pull out on those on those days. And that also may be a good form of identification if you're always reaching for that <laughs> for that pop or candy that maybe, wow, maybe we need to step back and talk about some action steps you can take to take that that stress and pressure off because it can get really hard. Tell people really quickly how they can find you and your content online. Except you're on multiple yes. platforms and you're involved in multiple things. So how can they find you? And I will put these things in the show notes as well. The easiest would be at C Young Ed Tech on Twitter. Um, but also at EdTechHeroes on Twitter and at the 411 Vodcast on Twitter. Um, both face uh, on Facebook, the 411 Vodcast and EdTechHeroes are also on Facebook. And so you can find me there as well. So, mm-hmm. yeah. How about websites? Um, a YouTube channel. Um, I am in the process of building like a, a website, um, but it's it's not there yet. Okay, Chris. So the last part of our burned in teacher interview is going to be the burned in teacher lightning round of this or that questions. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. So I'm simply going to throw out uh, three or four of this or that. So you choose the one that naturally is the one you would choose on the spot. All right, here we go. Milk or juice? Milk. Gold or silver? Gold. All right. Me too. All right. I do have to ask you two more because these are just perfect for you. 50s or 80s music? That is so hard. So I'm gonna go 80s. Okay. But I do love like 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 like, and I don't know if it's it's probably yeah some 50s like doo-wop. Mm-hmm. I, I do love some like doo-wop. I can um, see that. Like Run Around Sue and Dion like, mm. but mm-hmm. like Tiffany. I think we're alone now. Like oh. phew, doesn't get. Me. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. But you're an 80s soccer. kid too, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. What year were you born? 82. 82. Yes. 82 here. All right. And last but certainly not least, Google or Bing? <laughs> uh, just to be a contrarian, I wish I could say Bing, but um, Google, however, because nobody likes Bing, you mentioned earlier in the podcast how I have a prank. Look at the Chrome extension called the April 1st Toolkit. And one of the things you can turn on, so you install that Chrome extension on your your uh, teaching partner's computer, and you can make it redirect Google to Bing. So anytime <laughs> they go to Google, it's automatically going to load Bing. So I love um, it. Give some love to Bing there, but Google. That's awesome. All right. I had to throw that one in there. I couldn't ignore it. Well, Chris, thank you so much for your insight and your energy and your passion today. It was so, so nice to share our story and your story with the Burned In Teacher community. Well, thank you so much for having me. And um, I've shared all my contacts. And so if anybody has any questions, feel free to connect and um, keep doing what you're doing. It's, It's amazing. And it's a need. And I will put all of that contact information and ways you can find him on social media in the show notes. I promise it is not a waste of your time to seek him out. So thanks again, Chris. Thank you. That was such a fun interview. And I took away several things from Chris's conversation and his story. And the first thing that he said whenever I gave him the scenario of the struggling teacher is to 
take it one day at a time. And that is, it's such practical and relatable advice for me. And I love his analogy of finding your teacher power song. You know, Gretchen and I talked about this with the tiny band-aids, but finding something that you can do to serve yourself and to get through those tough days, doing something that you enjoy with yourself or with your friends. Something though that I think of whenever I hear, you know, talking about a power song or the tiny band-aids, however you want to look at it is if you are constantly dealing with the same struggle, then something else that I loved about what Chris said is that that mindless time that he used to spend only on, you know, fantasy football or scrolling through Facebook or whatnot, he is now using that time to hone in on his passion. If teaching is really your passion, but you are struggling with the same things day in and day out, then use that mindless time to seek solutions and make a plan for your students or your relationship with your administrator. Or if you are constantly working, what is it that you can do during that mindless time to find a solution and to make your life better as a teacher? I hope that you took away some great things from this interview like I did. I'm so grateful for friends like Chris and for people like you who are doing what they can to enjoy this wonderful life that we have. And don't forget, you can get freebies to help you to take those steps and to make those changes by going to burnedinteacher.com and subscribing to the Burned In Teacher Weekly Tidbits automatically after you sign up, you will be given a link that will take you to all of the freebies that I've ever created to help you to make a plan, write down your struggles, and to do some reflecting so that you can be a burned-in teacher. That's it for this week's episode of the Burned-in Teacher Podcast. Until next week, take a deep breath. You are your own hero, and you just took another step to becoming a burned-in teacher. Burn on. If you want to be updated on the latest Burned In Teacher podcast episodes, don't forget to subscribe to the Burned In Teacher podcast on Google Play or iTunes. Also, please consider leaving a review and leave a rating so that other teachers who are feeling the burnout can find this podcast to help them feel supported as they continue their journey out of burnout. Thanks so much.